The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. This week on the show, useless geography, games people play, and fabulous fashion. Plus, your emails are answered in our mailbag section. And in the news from around the world, a man was caught playing his flute at a red light. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Welcome to episode lucky number 13. Throw away your totally useless GPS. It's time for geography. So get lost with Nick and Roy. <laughs> the story mm. of our lives. Get lost. So the in the news section later on in the show mm-hmm. is a man plays with his flute. He's, yes, he got caught playing flute. with his flute, flute while driving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Florida? No, it's not in Florida. You'll be happy to know, but stay tuned later as you're listening. As we told you, thank you for joining us once again. The town of Empire, Nevada, has been famous by that movie Nomadland, the award-winning mm-hmm. film, you know. Empire is located, an actual town, is located about 90 miles north of Reno. USG, or U.S. Gypsum, employed about 100 people and ran the town of Empire, which had about 300 residents when it closed. Gypsum, of course, as you know, used for plasterboard and sheetrock. Have you ever used um, gypsum? Gypsum board, yes. Gypsum board, yeah. In years Mm -hmm. past, the town's population was as many as 800. But... With an evaporating population, and they closed down the um, they they closed it down. Empire lost its zip code eight nine four zero five doesn't exist anymore. What? So they don't have a zip code. That's right. They had to pick up somebody else's zip code. Nope. They just got rid of it because the town almost doesn't exist. It does, but it doesn't. Ah, so you want to send a letter to the two or three people that live there? You just put it on some gypsum board and throw it over. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Speaking of geography, Nick's in Canada, and I'm in Florida, uh-huh. in case you just started listening to the show. We're 1,500 miles apart, mm-hmm. so most of the time Nick is cold while I'm at the beach. But anyway, yeah, if all the people of the world, that's yeah. 7.5 billion, yeah. were to, I counted them, were to live in the same density levels as New York City proper, yeah, then all the people in the world could fit in 250,404 square miles. Now, think about this. Texas, the state of Texas, is 268,597 square miles. So technically, all 7.5 billion people in the world could fit in Texas if they had all high-rises and made it the density of New York. Yeah. So just, you know, you be nice to your neighbor because you have no other choice. Yeah, well, that gives new meaning to everything's big in Texas. Yeah, I mean, that's everybody, right. Everybody. Everybody is. would live there. 
<laughs> yeah, never mind the social distancing. Social distancing is not six feet; it's six inches. There's a place <laughs> you in, measured it. I did. <laughs> I'm not telling you how. Vancouver Island has the highest concentration of caves in all of Canada. One of the most stunning places to go is Horn Lake Caves Provincial Park. Horny, horny Lake. Horn Lake Caves, not horny. Horn. horn. Although you never know, if a couple of teenagers hang out in there, why not? Horn yeah. Lake Get Caves. In a cave, you know, you're yeah, all alone. That's right. Oh yeah, well, that was you alone in the cave. Wasn't that the Tunnel of Love, or would would that be what they would call the cave after? But let's go on. Yes, they renamed it the Provincial Park, where you can explore the caves to your heart's content through absolute darkness. It's so dark in there that it, you really can't see the hand in front of you. Mm. But you'll also have enough of an adrenaline rush because there are lots of underground slides and you can go right through a waterfall. So as you're going through these caves, all of a sudden you're dropping. Yeah, that's what I want to do, Nick. Yeah. I want to yeah. go like on a rock slide into a waterfall in the dark. Absolutely. Why not? Come on. That's, that's what, a great place for pickpockets, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah, Maybe. but that's why you get all horny because you're really into that adrenaline rush. There are only two state capitals in the United States that actually rhyme. Their names rhyme. And surprisingly, they're spelt differently. Normally a rhyme, you know, Bill, B-I-L-L, Pill, P-I-L-L is a rhyme. Right. But these two are not spelt the same or spelled. They're spelled differently. Oh. Boston and Austin. Boston is B-O-S-T-O-N, uh -huh. as Austin is A-U-S-T-I-N. Boston, Austin. There you go. Well, there's a place here in Canada called Defen Bunker. So John Defen Baker was... I, uh, I actually went to Defen Bunker. You did? In Germany, and uh, so Ava Braun was there. She was in Defen Bunker! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was no, in another yeah, cave. Yeah. John Diefenbaker was the uh, 13th Prime Minister of Canada. And so you can visit, you know, this place, and I'll tell you all about it. During the Cold War, the feds built an underground bunker for senior members of government should there be a nuclear attack. Although former Prime Minister John Diefenbaker, which I just mentioned, never visited his Diefenbunker, you can. Serving as Canada's Cold War Museum, it's warm in there, the historical site is located in a small town of Carp, which is just outside of Ottawa. So you can go check it out. It's a museum called the Defend Bunker. Now, you would think Florida and California have the longest coastlines in the United States. I mean, Florida is a peninsula surrounded by water on three sides, and it's a pretty big state. Yeah. A very long state, it takes me. I'm down in the southern part of Florida, and it takes me almost seven to eight hours to get out of Florida, which is crazy. But um, it, it's not. Neither California nor Florida have the longest coastlines. In fact, the state of Alaska, hands down, is the champ with 6,640 miles or 10,686 kilometers. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> in total, which is more than all 49 states' coastlines put together. Wow. But it still doesn't rival Canada, which is the largest coastline of any country. But go ahead. That's right. In Canada, it take, if you were to walk the whole coastline, it'll take you over four years. In fact, Nick did it. I'm still, I'm, I, that's where I'm, I'm talking to you right now. I'm from that coastline. It was amazing. I didn't recognize him. He had a very long beard. <laughs> yeah, the only part of my body I can grow in air. 
There is a part in in Canada, actually. It's called the Singing Sands at Basin Head Provincial Park. The beach is made up of caramel-colored sand that squeaks. Some say it sings, but other claims, other people claim that it whistles. However, if you want to describe the sound, you can definitely hear it. It's in Prince Edward Island on the East Coast, east part of Canada, and it also enjoys the warmest ocean water north of the Carolinas. You likely won't be spending too much time on that musical sand anyhow because it does get kind of cold. Yeah, and you, you know, you guys in Canada, you have a beautiful country. I, I loved coming up there. Thank you. And um, it's a it's a great place. It's a big, big country. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize how small your population is as opposed to the United States until you hear this fact. The state of California has 39 million residents. All of Canada, this massive country, has 36 million or so residents. So California has more people than all of Canada put together. And if the borders stay wide open as they are now for another three years, California will probably have 45 million people. Thank you, Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) You say, what? What? What's going on? What's happening? (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I know. And that's the truth. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you haven't noticed, Roy is a huge, huge fan of pancakes. Yeah. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Step right up here. Step right up, folks. Don't be shy. Move it. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy present Games People Play. There's no playing around here with that lady. Boy, oh boy. I'll oh, no, she's on it, I tell you. Well, how about uh, no playing around with who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? You know, that great uh, game show from way back when, when the late Regis Philbin first uh, hosted it. It prevents contestants from cheating while they're using the phone a friend, right? Because that's one of the options. You can phone a friend. And you're thinking, well, what prevents these phone a friends, like these friends that you phone, uh, from looking up stuff on the internet? Well, what they've done is they've thought of this. These chosen friends sit with fully briefed security officers who present them from consulting the internet and other forbidden reference materials. So they're actually guards along with these people that they choose to phone a friend in that feature. I'm going to let everybody in on this. All four of my things on games have to do with video games. Okay. Which which I wasn't going to do, but I found most of them so interesting that I needed to do it. Okay. I have my quarter ready to go. You ready? Yeah. The first one, quarter. (laughs) You can't get a video game now for a quarter. No. (laughs) I'll do that for a dollar. Yeah. Space Invaders. Remember Space Invaders? Yeah, great. First big game, right? Yeah. Okay. The more aliens you killed, the more that came at you and the faster they came. Okay. So if you, you started off, Four or five aliens came down, you shot them. Next thing you know, six or seven came, they came, they came faster and faster and faster. Cool concept, right? Right. Great. But the game wasn't invented to do that. Oh. The early programming forced each alien to be written as a separate line of code. Remember line 10, line 20? Yeah. It was so early on in computer programming that each line of each alien had to be a line of code. Okay, so it was so many of them that it's so many lines of code that it slowed down the program. So as you killed the aliens, it freed up space in the program, allowing it to go faster, and it did it on its own. Oh, there no. Was no. 
message to tell it to do that the computer program did it on its own and made the game so great right <laughs> and invaded oh my god that's an invasion by by all accounts my goodness Can you imagine it did it all on its own cool. wow good for them Charles and Diana, not that Charles and Diana, but Charles and Diana Ingram were convicted of cheating on the British version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Here's how the scam supposedly worked. Every time the host, Chris Tarrant, on the show asked a question, Charles Ingram would read the four possible answers out loud. When he said the correct answer, the audience plant, usually Diana, would cough. When he heard the cough, Ingram would know that that was the right choice. After the producers became suspicious and launched an investigation, the trio were ultimately convicted of procuring the execution of a valuable security by deception. They were convicted. They continued to protest their innocence. Yeah. Well, while he was in the courthouse, she was in the thing sneezing. <laughs> He's like, what are you trying to tell me, Diana? I don't get it. Cough, how do How do you plead? Gesundheit. Isn't that that show in England about the people that are way, way overweight? I want to be a million pounds. <laughs> no, it's the great baking challenge. You eat all the cakes on that show. <laughs> we love all those listeners in Britain because we do have a lot of people all over the world, actually, over 60 countries. We we thank you for we listening, including Brits, yeah. the United Kingdom. So thank you. Yeah. When Atari went bankrupt, which it did. Yeah. Sony Corporation purchased their intellectual property they purchased mainly the atari falcon 030 micro box mm -hmm. which is the technical term for the old atari computer system that you would buy and plug those cartridges into so sony buys it for practically nothing pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. refabs the outer case and some of the workings not much and then releases it as PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So PlayStation was literally just Atari with a little bit more game capacity, but that's about it. And a new plastic case. <laughs> new paint on the walls. Look out. So yeah. you have to be this high to be on Jeopardy. And if you right. notice. Folks, he's 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 uh, motioning above his eyes. Yes. So <laughs> if you notice that all of the contestants are the same height on Jeopardy. And you're thinking, so in addition to them, you know, qualifying to be a contestant because they answer all the right questions in their testing and everything, are they all the same height? They're not. On Jeopardy, the contestants, they look like they're the same height because they stand on adjustable platforms. Yeah, so the cameras don't have to move. That's right. So the cameras can stay level, right? Exactly, because everyone, all of the contestants are level because of these adjustable platforms. Can I tell you a really quick story? Sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, you can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, then let's move on. You know that I had done the tryout thing for American Idol, right? That's correct. Okay. So they put this box on the back of my pants inside my pant, but it was like hooked to the back of my pants inside. Okay. And I figured that's a microphone thing, you know, like, like a wireless thing. pack. Yeah, for a wireless, yeah, a wireless pack for a microphone. Yeah. And I said, when do they hook up the microphone? And the guy said, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that because the mics on the stage are so sensitive. They'll pick up just about anything. All right. So All right. I said, well, what the hell is the box in the back of my pants? And he said, wherever you go, the camera will follow. Wow. And as you walk out of the range of one camera, the next camera will pick you up. 
So three cameras were focused on the box in the back of my pants. Then five cameras were focused on the thing in the front of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a true story. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that's pretty interesting. How far mm -hmm. did you get with American Idol? Uh, that's to be discussed in another show. Okay, with another lawsuit. <laughs> As you listen to totally useless information. I did go pretty far, I have to tell you. All right, that's great. Totally useless information with Nick and Roy. This is what I call an unforgettable prize. The original Price is Right gave a contestant a real elephant. See what I did there? Unforgettable. Gave away mm -hmm. an elephant, you see? I got you. Yeah. I got you. Got in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm packing my trunks right now. <laughs> That's right. As you head <laughs> off to American Idol. So the original Price is Right gave a contestant a real elephant as a gag prize and planned later to give the winner $4,000. Well, guess what? One winner said no. He complained and demanded the elephant as promised. Oh, yeah. So there was this big fight going back and forth, and then the show finally conceded and delivered that elephant to the contestant's home in Texas. If you're going to say you're giving somebody an elephant, you give it to them. Exactly. Come on. Did you know an elephant can hold 50 liters of water in its trunk? Are you giving me like a, a bonus animal information here? On You heard it right. How, many, heard it how many liters? 50 liters of water can be sucked up into its trunk, and then it puts its trunk in its mouth and drinks it like a straw. There you go. See? As we always recommend on this show on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, we recommend you write, you, br you bring a pen with you and a piece of paper because you need to write these things down. There's so much information coming your way, you'll never remember it all. And free up your minds. Like Nick and I, we have such empty minds that it's capable of putting anything in They're there. They're useless. <laughs> Noel Bush is the owner of Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah. Great, uh, great establishment. I think we discussed that on the show once, but mm -hmm. did you also know that Noel Bush owned another famous corporation along with a guy named Ted Danby, D-A-N-B-Y, Ted right. Danby. They started that corporation for $500 in 1982, and 10 years later, in the 10th year, they made $2 billion that year. They started it for 500. It was called Atari Corp. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. But the disaster of the story is they do eventually go bankrupt. Oh, but they probably took all the money out. And that's how he opened Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Which, yeah, they take your money back. <laughs> Slowly. Exactly. He's getting it all back. <laughs> all in the ski balls. You so if, you, uh, if you're interested in, in hearing more about us and, and like to see our pictures and our history and everything, because Roy and I have been friends for over 40 years, you go to our website, which is? Oh, it's www.nickandroy.com. It's that simple, nickandroy.com. Originally, Mario debuted in the game, and remember we said in, in a previous show, his name wasn't Mario. He was called Jumpman. <laughs> right, yeah. Because they didn't even really give him a name. No. And then they changed this character and they gave him his own game and they called him Mario and dressed him slightly differently. But it was the same character. But not only did he get a name change, the original Mario in the Mario series was a carpenter. Oh, yes. But most of the game began, begins to progress underground. And so they said, well, he can't be a carpenter. Carpenters build above ground, so we got to change him. So by Mario 2, he changed his occupation to a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> I thought 
that's so cool that that one character goes through all these morphs you know his name was changed his his i think he was in the witness protection program it was <laughs> and so there's really only one even though they were mario brothers there was only one to really confuse people with the witness protection program. I often tell people that I'm in the witness protection program, but I didn't change my name to really throw people off. You think it'll That's work? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nick's yeah. in the witness protection program, and no one's looking for him. No, unless, of course, <laughs> you go to our website, which is nickandroy.com. You get to see all our pictures. What was that website again? We look hot, Nick. Yeah. We're, really, we're dressed to, to the nines. This is, this is how fashionable we are. <laughs> Welcome to the totally useless information fashion show. Oh, you See take that, this folks? one. Yeah. You saw that segue, folks? Yeah. We, smooth. That's all I could say. Smooth as a cat's behind. Smooth as a gravel road. <laughs> <laughs> you, you take this one. I, I'm just exhausted from all the information I found out so far. You take this one. Smooth as a broken glass <laughs> Sunday. Okay. The number one consumer of new fashion clothing of course, is the United States. Okay. But who do you think is second place? Australia. Did you have the same one? No, I didn't. Did I just guess it? <laughs> I guessed it right? Wow. He sucks. he sucks, folks. You know what? Listen, this is how wonderful that was. Okay. I know It yep. is Australian. I didn't know that. I honestly, honest to goodness, I did not know that. Yes, and they buy 27 kilograms each year of clothing. That's a, a 27 kilograms. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, um, I bought uh, 10, to, 10 milligrams just the other day I went shopping. Mm-hmm. Because there as we go. get as we get bigger. You're as doing your old, part, Nick. Yeah, yeah. And that was just his underwear, folks. <laughs> Yeah, which I wear <laughs> down under. They say pink across the back. <laughs> the, but he couldn't afford the P, so his just say ink. Ink. <laughs> the uh, the catwalk. So the catwalk is a actually t- his didn't have a P. It had an S T before it. Right. Yeah, an S T D. No, high it school. had an S T. Spell it, Nick. S T I P. No, S T I N K. S T. Oh, stinky. It doesn't say pink, it's a stink. Okay, how about this, smart Alex? Spell I-cup. I-cup? Yeah. I know, I see you pee. Ooh, giggle, giggle. <laughs> so we often know at a fashion show, uh, they walk down the catwalk and thinking, well, where did the catwalk, the term catwalk come from? Well, it was, it was derived from the way the female models walk down this, this runway, which is similar to the walk of a cat. The catwalk is usually performed on an elevated platform called a ramp, as we said, by models who demonstrate clothing and accessories during the fashion show. I thought it might have been because I was on the sidelines there going, meow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that you were. This is going to get you. It's another Florida thing. Wearing a thong bikini Mm. in some parts of Florida is considered illegal. What? Yes. Well, of course. Think about this, Nick. When you have areas where the average age is 75, I think it falls under the indecent exposure clause. (laughs) (laughs) Why would why would all these retirement communities? Why in God's name would anybody be walking around in a thong? You can't unsee that. No, you can't. And I think in Australia, speaking of Australia, they call the Speedo a budgie hugger. 
The old budgie hugger. Yeah. The old bungie, bungie cord. The handbag was first designed and used to help women attract a husband. They were invented in the 19th century, and women would personally embroider them with colorful and intricate patterns to show off to the men and hopefully one day attract a husband. So I got, like I was saying, <laughs> this is so bad. And when I think about it, it just scares me. Oh. There's a Vietnamese airline. Yeah. Their staff is uniformed in bikinis. No. Yes. Yes. The airline flight attendants are dressed in bikinis. Now, I mean, they are definitely not up on their social wokeness. Okay. Because <laughs> no. what, pray tell, do like, I don't want to see a, a Vietnamese man flight attendant in a thong. Okay. What, what, what what do they say? Like, do they say peanuts, chips, uh, cookies, uh, or GI? <laughs> you can no, look- I mean, think about it. I mean, yeah. they're walking around in bikinis. Do they have male flight attendants? And what uh, do they walk around in a thong? Probably, you know, in the or a bungee hugger. <laughs> bungee hugger. Budget? No, budget. Bungie. A budget. Bungie. A budgie hugger. There you go. And the emergency exits are there, there, and there. Ooh. Like, what do the what do the male attendants say? Peanuts, chips, or bananas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no. This bananas. was a v- Vietnamese Airlines, is it? Okay, sure. All it right. is a Vietnamese Airlines. Hey, if the sh- clad uh, flight attendants. Okay, pretty cool. In the original Cinderella story, the original one, the glass slipper does not exist. Instead, like eventually became a glass slipper. The original Cinderella story, the shoes, her shoes were made out of fur. But the story was changed in the 1600s and included the new and now famous glass slippers. Wow. Why? I guess maybe that was the invention of like the fluffy, you know, the the fuzzy, fluffy slippers, you know, the bedroom slippers. Yeah, there's like porno slippers. <laughs> no, there's people walk around in the streets with those now. Do they really? Not glass slippers, the fuzzy ones. Oh, okay. The, fa- the fuzzy, the the glass fuzzy slippers glass slippers. It's a new fashion trend. The glass slippers are hell on your feet, you know? They are. <laughs> there is a company called Little Mismatch. Okay. Okay. And get ready. This is what they sell. Pairs of mismatched Socks. How clever. Now, I know where they're getting them. They're coming to my house, breaking in and going into my dryer because I have a bunch of mismatched socks and I don't know where the other sock went. I want to find out where those socks go because, come on. We need to call Little Mismatch. It's a company that sells mismatched socks by the pair. But if they have some pair. They do have a pair. But but okay, so if they're mismatched, but somewhere out there, there's the other side, the other matching sock that's yeah. mismatched with another. Could you imagine if you meet up with somebody and both of your mat your socks match? They're mixed matched, right? And then they happen to have the other one that matches. You know, marijuana is legal in in uh, Canada, and yeah, that's the reason why Nick comes up with these. He's like, if the world fit on the head of a pin. Come on, you said if the world can fit in the state of Texas. Come on now, who's smoking what? The cart, the cardigan sweater was named after James Burdenell, seventh Earl of Cardigan. 
Oh, cool. He was a British Army major general who led the charge of the Light Brigade at the Battle of Balaclava mm-hmm. during the Crimean War. It is modeled after the knitted wool waistcoat that British officers supposedly wore during the war. It was a military outfit, you said, right? That's right. The legend of the event and the fame of the Lord Cardigan achieved after the war led to the rise of the garment's popularity. Supposedly, Brudenell invented the cardigan after noticing that the tails of his coat had accidentally been burnt off in a fireplace. Oh, yeah. You, you wouldn't want to put your rear end too close to a fire. No. Not with tails on. Not at all. He had a hot ass. Or no pants. You definitely don't want to do that. That'll get you by the short hairs. It does. <laughs> so as we mentioned earlier, it's really easy for you to get in touch with us. With hey, all, yes. You know, they named a lot of things. Remember the, the statement that we had about the Earl of Sandwich? That's right. Lot of, that's right. That's where the sandwich, the sandwich came from. Sandwich the comes Earl. from yeah. A lot of Earls out there. Oh, yeah. We yeah. are the Earls of totally useless information. Yeah, I like cooking my French fries in Earl. <laughs> if you go to our website you can send your complaints and your comments and uh, any new information we'd love to hear from you you go to our website nickandroy.com and click on contact us nickandroy.com what's in the mailbag what's in the So people are going to nickandroy.com like crazy and clicking on contact us because I, I can't even tell you. I know that I went through about 15 or 20. I think you went through the same. So you guys are sending in a lot of mail. Thank you so much. I love this one. Marilyn from Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica. She says, I'm an American expat, which means an expatriate, right? meaning she's an American living in another country. Yes. And she said, I'm an American expat living in Costa Rica. And sometimes I miss living in the States. But your show makes me feel like I'm at home. Oh. Now, Nick lives in Canada and I live in Florida. So Marilyn's slightly confused. But okay, Marilyn. <laughs> we'll accept that. That's okay. But I guess maybe in Costa Rica, there's a lot of Spanish speaking shows, and this must make her feel very at home, even though our English isn't as good as it should be. Isn't good, as, as good or as the other people's. She said, Your show makes me feel at home. Keep up the. And that's somebody right now emailing us. <laughs> there you go. They went to nickandroy.com. Thank you. You can be on a future show. That's great. Your show makes me feel at home. It keeps keep up the great work. I have listened to over 70 oh. of your shows. Am I entitled to a diploma from the Totally Useless <laughs> Information University? Yes, we are going to Marilyn. We are going to email you a TUI diploma. Right. If you watch over 50 of our uh, watch, if you listen to over 50 of our episodes, and email us, we'll send you a TUI certified diploma. Mm-hmm. It's and from- you're certifiable. <laughs> we are. Because you get it, of course, because you attended TUIU. Why I oughta. I have one, Allison Dawn from Fredericton, New Brunswick. She writes, Dear Nick and Roy, we'd love listening to your show. What a refreshing way to absorb useless facts. She must be some kind of writer or something. What a refreshing way to absorb useless facts. We thank you mm-hmm. for that. Well, you're welcome. What's I have her name? Allison Dawn. 
Oh, cool. Okay. I have heard several times recently, uh, so this is what she was asking us. I've heard several times recently that an actor made a cameo appearance on a TV show. My question is, where did the expression a cameo appearance come from? So thank you, Allison, for your email from one of my fellow comedians, Canadians, oh, comedians, yeah, there you go. We're really funny up in Canada. Uh, one mm -hmm. of my fellow Canadians in New Brunswick. So originally, Allison, um, in the 1920s, a cameo role meant a small character part that stands out from other minor parts. The Oxford Dictionary connects this with the meaning of a short literary sketch or portrait, which is based on the literal meaning of cameo, which is a miniature carving on a gemstone. Ah, small part. That's how they all tie it together. Small part, cameo appearance. Uh, and that was, and, and her name is Allison. Allison Dawn, Dawn from Federal. Allison State. Dawn, I'd love to introduce you. He lives down here in the States to my friend Harry Dusk. <laughs> you'll get it folks yeah <laughs> it becomes funnier and funnier it does uh, all you have to do is go to nickandroy.com and now for something completely useless were you ever a fan of the periodic table um is i always got mad when my wife had that attitude once a month no that the periodic table, of course, is with all the elements are up on the and periodic table, the periodic chart. Uh. Every letter in the alphabet appears on that chart. Every mm. letter of the alphabet is represented except for one. The only letter that doesn't appear on the periodic table is the letter J. Huh. Why? <laughs> That's on there. Why is in there? <laughs> I can't tell you what it represents. Letter J, is there a reason, Nick? No. Um, according to the research that I have here, no reason was given. But if we do find out, we will tell you at a future episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Hmm. That is, is unbelievably interesting because I wonder why they chose J to not go in there. There has to be a reason. There and we'll is. figure it out, folks. We will not sleep. Well, we, Nick won't sleep. We I'll will. Sleep. We, yeah, right. <laughs> we'll get down to the brass tacks of it. All right, get your pens ready, folks, because this one's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Genghis Khan, the Mongol ruler. Try saying that ten times. Genghis Khan, the Mongol ruler. Yeah. Had so many wives, and so many children, and apparently so much sex. <laughs> yeah. At around 16 million people today are directly related. Now, not indirectly, like I have the blood of George Washington. No. Right. I'm talking about direct descendants of Genghis Khan. 16 million. Wow. He, like when you talk about he gets around, he gets around and he, could, he got around, boy. Let yeah. me tell you. And all of his he, he didn't beat around the bush. He got right in. He there. got right in there. He did. In fact, he listened to your fact earlier in the show when you were talking about the world's population in Texas. All of his uh, descendants live in Texas. Well, his exes. Or his exes. That's right. Oh, my exes live in Texas. So on the show today, we talked about geography, games people play. And the fabulous fashion, it's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world. 
is TUI News. Halton Regional Police here in Ontario, in Canada, it's not Florida, in Canada, said that they spotted a driver playing his flute with both hands. Oh, no. So he had a full-size flute. You know, he he had a a rather large flute that he was playing. They were conducting a distracted driving enforcement in that area until when they spotted him holding You know, when you play a guitar, Nick, they call it picking. Right. I believe the flute is called fingering. Constant... (laughs) Constable Steve Elms told CTV News in Toronto in an, in, in an email that the driver, a man in his 40s from Waterdown, was initially stopped at a red light and playing the instrument. Waterdown. Water he was holding the flute. He was holding the water down. He was stopped at a red light and playing the instrument. Why, Nick? Why was he doing this? Well, he needed to practice. But here's the thing. When the light turned green... Mm-hmm. Steve Elms, the, the officer, said that the, this guy still continued to play while driving. No, no, that's not right. Now, officers admit that they originally expected to see a cell phone in the driver's hands as mm-hmm. they observed the vehicle and admitted they were a little surprised to find the woodwind instead. Oh, so he left, he left it out the whole time. He did. He didn't he did. try to hide it. No, he didn't. He had it out. When the, the whole cops time. came up, his flute was completely exposed, and he had both hands on them, and he was trying to blow it. Police added that the driver was also. Was following. he trying to blow the flute, Nick? I need to know this. Well, not, but yeah, but this is how how talented he was. This is what goes on in Canada all the time? It does, it does not. Mild-mannered men driving up to stoplights, whipping out their flute and playing on it with both hands. Police added that the driver was following along on an iPod at the time of the alleged infraction. In a what? An iPod. He was actually the- he was listening to a music track that he was following along. Oh, I got it. So he was listening to bow chicka bow wow. Maybe, maybe not. So according to the officer, he says, I quote, I cannot advise what song was being played on the flute. You can't, the you can't have your flute all exposed and everything and your hands flailing around and everything no. in the car. So they, they could not identify what song he was playing at the time with both hands. But a bunch of children were following behind him? No, they weren't. The driver was charged with start from stopped position, not in safety. Mm-hmm. And that was the official charge. Start from stopped yeah. position, not in safety, under the Highway Traffic Act. Oh, so they gave him a ticket. They did. Should have handed him a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> what, from the, from the tears of excitement because he got caught? Well, all that saliva all over the flute. You know, I mean, you don't want to have that. That could go bacteria and stuff. You don't want to have that. No, did you the don't. Police confiscate the flute, or did they have to uh, take him? I take think him it's in with it. It's part of the chain of custody, and they now have they are in possession of his flute. They took him in by the flute. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fluke flute. Did he a, try to like, let's say, conceal the flute by placing it, maybe like hiding it in his pant leg? No, no indication at all. I don't think he resisted arrest or anything, according to some reports. Yeah, I've he, done that. He was able to. <laughs> he was able. To hand over his flute freely, without incident. I've done that, you know. I played a flute in a car. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I've, I've also had my flute played in a car. 
from time to time because I'm I'm the type of guy that I'll lend you quite I'll musical. lend out my instrument. You know what is is? <laughs> tell me that wasn't years ago. Years ago, not anymore. No, not anymore. Tell now me that I don't even. Now I have a, a, a I have like a what do they call that a recorder? It's not even a flute. That's anymore. right. Is that <laughs> that recorder? Is is that what you did? Is that how you auditioned on America's Got American Idol? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I put the flute in my pants. I walked out there and I got a lot of attention. Yeah, and Heidi Klum was never mind. America's Got Talent. I want to be a judge on American Idol. Yeah, yeah. yeah in fact, that flute was so big. I had, you know, you have Kenny G. He plays the saxophone. Well, yeah. I was Kenny P. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for this episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. I, we want to thank you for listening. Really, we don't know why you do, but we really appreciate that you do. We will scour the internet and other sources to find more totally useless information for you guys next week. Yes, and if you feel the need to pull out your flute at any given time, feel free to do it and email us about it. And also, tell all of your friends to listen to this show. There's a whole bunch on the website, too, to listen to at nickandroy.com. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.